was my first Father's Day. It is uh, our first official Father's Day. Uh, I have my family in the back. My brother and sister-in-law, they just uh, gave birth to Eli a month ago. So it's my brother's first fa- Father's Day as well. Uh, my dad's here. Dad, I just want to uh, honor you, Dad. Thanks for all the ways that you fathered me, Nate, and Ruth well. Um, you're awesome present. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's him in the back. We honor you, Dad, today. Thank you for loving us so greatly. Uh, I, I want to honor Mark Buckner as well. You know, that not only I, I, have a, I have a biological father, but Mark, in so many ways, you've been a spiritual father to me in these last couple of years. I just want to say thanks for your investment in me. You know, it's, it's, um, we, we have many different authority figures in our lives, don't we? And uh, some of us had, had a great relationship with our father, and, and maybe some of us didn't. And so I, I want to acknowledge that too. I just want to say, hey, I'm sorry if, if your biological father did not kind of meet the needs or, or, or kind of fulfill that role of a father in your life. But I, I pray that, just like Mark was a spiritual father to me, there's been other authority figures or male authority figures who have kind of shown you the love of the Father for you. And so I want to encourage you, though, make sure you call up your father today or that spiritual father today in your life. I, I did a huge uh, blunder on Mother's Day. I didn't call my mom. And she texted me the next morning was like, um, Phil, uh, I would have loved to have heard from you. It was like the dagger in the heart. I was like, Mom, I'm so sorry. So don't be like me. Call up your dad today, please. All right, well, hey, it is, um, we are in the middle of a series on prayer. This is our second week. We have uh, four weeks that we're talking about prayer. And I, I talked with Neil Crook today. Neil Crook has been kind of the architect of this series. And I was asking, okay, Neil, what's the goal? Like, what's the point of this series on prayer? And he was saying, hey, the, what we want to do is we want to equip and encourage our people to, to be renewed in their prayer lives. We want, a, we want like a renewal in, in the way that we pray. We want a, an excitement or a motivation to be people of prayer. Imagine if, you know, here we have probably like 100, 120 people in this room. Imagine if we walked out of here with a perspective on prayer that, that got us on our knees every single day, asking or, or spending time with the Lord. That's the goal of this series on prayer. And so we want a renewal. We want an encouragement in our prayer lives. And so, but the problem is, and the reason why we're doing a series on prayer is, that I, you know, at least my own story is I, I have this kind of ebb and flow life of prayer. Or I have this kind of like peaks and valleys. Like I have, I have some seasons where I love praying and it's easy. I have many seasons where it's actually hard. And, I, and I, if I was honest, I don't even really set aside much time during the day to pray. I don't know if you're in a similar boat, but that's typically a problem that we have. And so today, and, and throughout the series, we really believe that the solution to this kind of ebb and flow, the solution to this problem of prayer, is that we need to go and, and, and learn from Jesus. We need to learn from the teachings of Jesus about how we're supposed to pray. And when we learn from him, I, I pray and I hope that, yes, it will be a renewal in our prayer lives. And I, I pray that we will be drawn and motivated to pray. You see, I, I've been influenced by uh, uh, this... Um, Christian philosopher named Soren Kierkegaard. I, I read an article by him years ago. He's talking about kind of how unique Jesus as a teacher actually was. You, know, you see, he was talking about how there, there have been many great philosophers over the history. You know, we think of Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, Confucius. You know, these are all humans that have had great insight into humanity and, and thought. 
But his argument was they're, they're mere humans. So if they didn't make those discoveries, eventually someone else along the way would have. But what is unique about Jesus is that he is the Son of God. He holds all wisdom, all authority in his life. He, it says in John 1, that all things were created through him. And so Jesus has this insight that only Jesus could have had. Only Jesus could have said and spoken and taught the way he did. And so it's with that attitude that I want to come to Matthew 6 when Jesus talks about how we should pray. So let's turn right now to Matthew 6, 5 through 13. And and these are the two kind of questions that I'd like to address today. First is I want to address why do we pray? What is our motivation? What is our motivation to pray? And then secondly, I want to look at his words and say, hey, he he gives us some insight about how to pray and and, and kind of our perspective that we have in prayer. So let's read Jesus' words, the greatest teacher of all time, and let's learn from him. This is Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Jesus said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, I just pray that, Holy Spirit, you would infuse these words with truth so that we might be renewed in our prayer life. Amen. So, let's look first at why do we pray. And I think the first chunk here, verses 5 through 8, really kind of addresses the why behind prayer. So first, Jesus starts out by saying and talking about the hypocrites. So he says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. You see, these hypocrites, these kind of Jewish religious leaders, they were less about their relationship with God and more about how they were perceived in front of others. You know, they, they received honor. They, were, they looked good in front of others. And that was kind of their, their pursuit tangible rewards. It's like, a, hey, if, if I look this way and people honor me or think I'm good, then, then I actually, I look good in front of others. It's what I would call an external Christianity or a, a kind of to be seen by others Christianity. This is what Jesus is trying to address here. So what, what would that look like today? What would it look like to uh, this external Christianity? So here, here's a, you know, a little personal about me. As I stand up here and preach, you know, what is my motivation for preaching? As I stand in front of, you know, 
you guys, and I, and I, I want to give a really good word. Or, is, you know, I, I can feel the pressure of trying to sound really good and exposit the scriptures really well. And, and I, I want you guys to go home and, and talk about how great Phil's words were in the sermon today. That can easily be kind of a motivation of mine. And I'm sure that's what many preachers and teachers, they, they deal with that, that tension. But I pray that, you know, my motivation in preaching and in Mark's and Neil's and Brian's and anybody else who gets up here is that we, would, we just want to present the words of Christ to you guys and say, hey, I, I hope I've learned something from this. This is what I'm trying to show you. It's, it's not about external. It's not about trying to look good in front of you. It's about trying to bring the word of God to you guys. Or what, what would it look like in your lives? You know, like it, it, Jesus addresses in Matthew 6, he talks specifically about giving, praying, and fasting. He says, do you do these things? Do you give to be honored by others? Do you, do you, let, yourself, do you let others know that you are generous with the funds that God's given you? Do, you? do you let others know about your quiet time and how much you spend time with the Lord? Or, or do you get honor from men about how kind of religious or, or close you are to God? I think that's what Jesus is trying to address. I lived in Morocco for two years, and, and uh, so it's, Morocco is an Islamic country, and, and much of Islam is unfortunately uh, very much a, a to-be-seen-by-others religion or a kind of wanting honor from others about the way that, how religious you are. And, and there's, this, there's this term in Islam that's called zabiba or, or an Arabic word that's, it shows, it talks about a, a bruise that men will get on their forehead. So many men will walk around and they have this, this dark bruise on their forehead. And what it shows is basically it comes from when they pray. And so when, when, in Islam, when they pray, they actually bow down and touch their forehead to the ground. And so if they do that enough, they actually form a bruise on their forehead. This is like the definition in my head of, of external Christianity, of, of trying to look good or trying to be known by others as being close to God. This is what Jesus clearly says. This cannot be your motive in prayer. This cannot be your motive in, in, in this, my relationship. You cannot be about how you look good in front of others. So what then is our motivation? In verse 6, Jesus goes on to say this. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So why do we pray? I think it's clear from this verse that our motivation to pray is is simply to meet with our God. It's to be in the presence of God. Jesus asks us, he says, hey, go close the door. No one else needs to know about this. You go and spend time with your father and, and you and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I think he's talking about two different rewards here. One is an eternal reward. I think that I, I know that God will one day, he'll look at our lives and the way that we lived and he'll give us rewards in heaven. There, there's, this, there's this teaching in, in Christianity about that. Jesus talks about eternity. But I also think, and what I want to address today is the reward that we get today is the, is the presence of God. We get to actually meet with our God when we go into the secret place to pray. And that should be enough of our motivation. You see, because prayer is our primary way that we get to meet with God. Besides reading the word, prayer is the way that we relate to our God. You know, in, in John 17, chapter 3, Jesus says, Now this is eternal life. 
that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus addresses it. He says, eternal life is knowing God. It's relationship with God. And so that should be what motivates us to spend time in prayer. That should be what what motivates us to renew our lives of prayer. I'm going to continue on. In in verse 7 and 8, this is what Jesus talks about. He says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So here Jesus is, is not talking anymore to the Jewish people. Instead, now he's talking to kind of the cultures that surrounded ancient Israel. He's, he might have been talking to the Romans who had, were occupying ancient Israel at this time. He might have been talking to the, the Gentiles that surrounded Israel. And here he says, he, one of the common um, ways that they would deal with their gods or their deities was, was they would have to appease their god with, with doing just the right thing in order to appease God, their gods. They would have to approach their idols and say just the right words. Or they would have to approach their idols and, and really tell their idols or their, or their gods what's going on in their lives. But I love it. Jesus almost scoffs at this idea. He just says, do not be like them. Are you kidding me? And he goes on to talk a little bit more about the character of God. He says, for, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. I think what Jesus is trying to get across here is this, is that prayer is not just us kind of saying our words to God. Prayer is not just us having to voice what's going on in our lives. Prayer, I think, is, is really more of just a choice to be with God. It's a choice to spend time with Him. It's a choice to say, hey, you can go into to, to a time of prayer and not say a word. You can go into a time of prayer and just say, I just want the presence of God. That's what prayer is. And so I, I want to encourage us, again, the why behind why we pray. It's, it's to meet with God. But isn't it amazing that, that there isn't this religious order that, or this, hey, this is the, all the ways that you have to do it. We can just go and meet with him. Thank you, God. That that's, the, that's the God that we serve. So Jesus gives us here in these first three verses, he, he gives us a vision for prayer. He says, hey, the reason why we pray is to meet with our God, to get to know him, to, to build relationship with him. So now let's look now at, at, at verses 9 through 13. And this is, a, this is the famous, the Lord's Prayer. Many of us know us, and many people that I, I would say don't even profess to know the Lord would know this prayer as well. I almost focused my entire message on this first line, our Father in heaven. I almost just said, hey, I'm, I'm going to just talk about the Father and, and how much he loves and cares for us. And I could. It, I mean, there is enough material to, for me to talk, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks about the Father's love. But I want to give us a little glimpse of why it's so important to understand our Father in heaven. You see, I, I think that this, the whole rest of the prayer relates back to this first line. The whole rest of this prayer relates. It, our Father in heaven is, is like the thesis statement. Jesus is asking us, hey, I want you to understand the character of the Father. And and I think that you will be motivated to pray when you understand the character of the Father. Because when we pray, when we understand the character of God, our effectiveness and our, our, I think our excitement to pray is increased. I want to look at a few stories from the Old Testament. I'm just going to bring us through quickly that, uh, that... kind of show God's character. 
And I, these would have been stories that the disciples knew. These are stories that many of us knew. But I, again, if we understand the character of God, we'll be, we'll be drawn into our times of prayer with him. So let's first look at this, this part of God's character. Our Father is one who pursues us in our sin. I think back to Genesis 3, Adam and Eve in the garden. God said, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and what they do, they disobeyed God and they ate from it. And immediately when they disobeyed God, they, they saw that they were naked and they felt shame. And it says that they, they went and hid in the garden. But right after that, God says that he started to walk in the garden. He called out to them, Adam, where are you? I think what this shows is, is that God's pursuit of us is, is continual. No matter what sin we might be in, he's continually looking for us, continually searching for us. Do you feel that you know a God who, who pursues you even in the midst of your sin? Or how about our Father is the one who has a, a grand plan for redemption and salvation of all people. He's not just this like whimsical God up there allowing things to just happen here on earth. But he's got a plan to bless all nations. I see this in Genesis 12 when he gives a promise to Abraham. He says, Abraham, through you all nations on earth will be blessed. God has this plan. We pray to the God who has a plan of salvation for all peoples. Or our Father is the one who delivers us from our bondage and then has patience with us even when we rebel against them. So I think of the Israelites, right? They they were delivered from Egypt and then almost right away they start rebelling against God and turning away from him. Do you believe that, that God is patient with you in your journey of faith? Do you believe that, that God is, no matter where you are in your journey, that God is being patient with you and he's just waiting for you to come back to him? That's the God that we see in the Bible. That's the God who we pray to. Or the Father who knows each of us intimately. I think of Psalm 139 when David says that he has searched us and he's known us. He knows when we sit and when we rise. He's familiar with all our ways. He created my inmost being. He knit me together in my mother's womb. This is the God to whom we pray to, the God who knows each one of us intimately. And then finally, I I could talk about many more, but finally, what about our Father who loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to earth? That instead of us having to pay for our own sins, God sent Jesus to, to be killed on a cross. And when we believe in him, our sins are now forgiven. Right, the God of salvation for, for us personally and for people that are around us. That is the God who we pray to. So when we understand these, these character traits of God, we, I hope that we're drawn into prayer. So let's look now, just at, let's look at Jesus' prayer and let's be encouraged with the specific ways that he asks us to pray. Again, everything ties back to that understanding of the character of God as, as our Father. I lump these next uh, three parts together. It says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I just love to, when I pray, I just say, your name, your kingdom, your will. Your name, your kingdom, your will. Your name, your kingdom, your will. When you start to pray like that, do you, do you see what that might do? That, that starts to put the perspective to God. This starts to say, hey, prayer is about our God. It's about your name being hallowed. It's about your kingdom, your rule and your reign coming to earth. It's about your will being done in, in my life and the lives of others. You want an intercession boost? You, have, you ever, have you ever been stuck in intercession not knowing how to pray? Just pray those three phrases. 
your name, Father, your kingdom, your will. As you think about praying for Germany, you know, we're, we're doing some, we're doing crazy stuff. We're, we're trying to go engage with thousands of refugees and, and, and love on them in Jesus' name and share our understanding of who Jesus is to them. Guys, we need help. Okay, so start praying. Lord, your name be made great in Dusseldorf. Your kingdom come down in Dusseldorf. Your will be done in, in, in these people's lives and in, in our team's life there. May we be united. How about your coworkers, your workplace, your name, your kingdom, your will? I think of Orlando. Goodness. How do you pray for something like that? I mean, just a crazy tragedy. And, and so when I, when I don't know, I just say, okay, Lord, your name, your kingdom, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I, I just pray that this is a, a boost and in intercession for us as we think about how we can intercede for others. The, net, the, the rest of the prayer, it starts to focus a little, it becomes more personal. Now he talks about giving us, forgiving us, leading us, delivering us. And again, I, I like to start everything with our Father. Our Father, give us today our daily bread. And see, I think that the give us our daily bread, it, it ties directly to something that Jesus says a little bit later on in Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, 33. So it's in a section that, that Jesus is saying to his disciples, hey, do not worry about your life. I will provide for you. Don't, don't worry. You shouldn't, don't worry about food and clothing and drink. I will provide those things. And then he says in Matthew 6, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. So when we prayed that, to give us today our daily bread, this isn't like the prayer, or this isn't like the, the little kid who's slamming uh, his fist on, the, on the, you know, the dinner table saying, give me food, give me food. You know, this isn't um, kind of a, a selfish, motivated, hey, I want, I want, I want. Give me today my daily bread. No, no, no. This is a son or a daughter with the perspective of wanting to expand the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God. And then they're asking, give me now the resources that I need in order to expand the kingdom of God in my midst. That's what give us today our daily bread. So next time you pray that, pray, Jesus, give me, I need the resources of heaven in order to expand the kingdom of God in my workplace, in my family, in Germany, in whatever, whatever you're doing. Ask for the resources of heaven to be given to you. Thank you. Fine. Uh, next is our Father, forgive us. How great is uh, the forgiveness of the Father? Is there anything better than the feeling of just saying, hey, it's okay, son. I love you. I forgive you. Now, why don't, why don't you change? Why don't you be different? You know, I believe that forgiveness is one of the greatest ways to accelerate intimacy in a relationship. Forgiveness is one of the greatest ways to accelerate intimacy in a relationship. You know, Les and I joke, Leslie's my, my wonderful wife, and we joke that we want to get to a thousand I'm sorry's and I forgive you's, and, and then we'll like kind of get uh, a level up in our relationship. You know, and, and in many married couples, you understand this. It's just, it seems like a daily thing where we're just like, Les, I'm sorry that I did that again. Do you forgive me? And she forgives me. But I, every time, it deepens our relationship. Every time when I know that my, my wife is going to forgive me and, and will say, hey, I, I, I look over the, the thing you just did. I, I do forgive you. It ties me deeper and deeper to her. 
And Jesus knew this about forgiveness, and so that's why he puts this in this prayer. He says, now, how much, you know, if, if that's in personal, in, in relationships with people on earth, what about with your father? May we, may we continually ask for the forgiveness of our father daily, always, because it encourages our, our depth of intimacy with him. Finally, the last part of this prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I love this part. This is asking for the leadership and the lordship of God in your life. This is asking, this is just you outright saying, lead me today. Lead me, Lord. Wherever you want me to go, you lead me. You know, a father's intent is to lead his children well. I think now as I, as I have my little beautiful 10-month-year-old girls, Hannah and Ava, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I want to lead these girls well. I want to lead them in the way they should go. I want to love them. I want to show them the way that they should live. And how much more our Heavenly Father who created us intimately, does he want to lead each one of us? Because, you know, he has a plan and a purpose for every single one in here. Every single person here, he's got a specific plan or a purpose for you in his kingdom. But the problem is, and this is what Jesus is addressing here, is, is he's talking about temptation and he talks about deliverance from the evil. And the problem is, is that I, I, I picture God like calling. He's like, come this way, come this way. But unfortunately, we're just getting bombarded all over the place by this world, by temptation, by, by the evil one, by saying, hey, why don't you try this out? Hey, why don't you focus on this relationship instead? Hey, hey, money and career, you've you got to focus on this in your early years, and then, and then you can serve God later. That's fine. You know, whatever it is for you, whatever temptation is coming at you, is hitting you, we can ask for deliverance from that. And that's what I believe that Jesus is, is trying to get here. He's saying, ask for the lordship, ask for the leadership of God in your life daily. This prayer equips us to be effective and powerful in our prayers. It gives us different insights into ways that we can pray. And it also tells us, hey, in your prayer, reflect on the character of God. Understand, every time you pray, I want you to re- reflect on, on, on God and his character and what he's done for you. So, Ben, you guys can come on up as we uh, kind of come to a conclusion here. I want us to respond in, in two different ways. First is, and, and I, I asked the prayer team uh, beforehand to just be ready for prayer, so there will be a prayer team up here. But the first way is this, is that, hey, you know, as I've been talking about kind of the character of the Father, if I've been talking about um, the character of God, as, as, as here it is on a Father's Day, again, it can be a hard day for some. I just want to have a prayer team up here to say, hey, if, if there's any part of you that has a real hard time connecting with that, the character of the Father, or understanding as God as being loving, as knowing you intimately, as pursuing you in your sin, as, as, as caring for you, as, as, as wanting relationship with you. If, if, that's, if that's you, we want to pray for you. We want to pray that you might receive revelation from our Father about who he is. And, and the thing is, is that you could have had uh, understood this years and years ago or, or even months ago. But you might be in a time where you're saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm doubting right now. I'm not believing that God really does love me or care for me. Then, hey, we want to pray for you. Oftentimes, the prayer of other people can just totally kind of kick away some of those, some of those doubts. Again, delivering us from the evil one. So that's the first thing. That's the first way I want to resp- respond if that's you. Come on up and receive prayer. And then the second way, and this is for all of us. 
I want to encourage us this week to set aside time every single day this week to get into the secret place of prayer with God. I I believe that I'm praying right now. I'm I'm praying. I've been praying this week that we might leave here with with that idea we want to be renewed in our prayer life. And sometimes it just takes us actually getting into it, you know, actually saying, hey, I'm going to spend time in the secret place with my God. So whether that's on your commute, whether that's you taking time in the evenings, whether that's time in the mornings, whether that's time over lunch break, I encourage us, would you take 15 minutes a day this week and say, hey, I want to get into the secret place with God to meet with him and to receive the reward of his presence. I promise you, There'll be a renewal in your life. I promise you there'll be a, uh, something that happens inside of you as you continue to pray. So we're going we're gonna to end with a worship song. And let me just pray right now for us. I'm just going to pray the Lord's Prayer over our lives. And then respond in any way that you, you see fit. If, if you need to come up and get prayer. But also as, as we kind of renew our lives this week in prayer. Let me pray. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us today the resources we need to expand your kingdom. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. May we be drawn into intimacy with you. And Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, we ask for your leadership and your lordship over each one of our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name.